0: Welcome to the Pint Glass Football Podcast. Hey, what's up, everyone? Thanks for checking out the Pint Glass Football Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Fowler, and this is part six of my NFL Draft Division breakdown on the AFC South. On this episode, I'll tell you which team landed the third best player in this draft, and one team whose draft was so awful, I considered giving them an F grade. So let's get started. And the team that I thought finished with, well, quite honestly, a terrible draft, and easily the worst draft in this division, was the Houston Texans. And in the first round, they selected Titus Howard, offensive tackle from Alabama State. He's 6'5", 322 pounds, and ran a five point yard dash. Howard shows nice flexibility. He's very smooth and fluid in his pass protection, but he played against very weak competition at Alabama State. However, he did hold his own against Auburn. On tape, he shows nice, quick footwork, and that allows him to mirror defenders. He needs a big improvement on his overall strength and conditioning, And he's got slow hands. He lets defenders get into his chest way too often. But he shows a nice ability to get to the second level and block linebackers. He's athletic, a big-bodied tackle who did show improvement each year he was in college. He plays with a good pad level and had a very good showing at the Senior Bowl as well. But most analysts had him as a late second, maybe even third-round pick. The Texans certainly need to improve their offensive line, so I understand the pick. I don't understand the player. Titus Howard is a big athletic tackle who shows nice potential, but is much more of a project than a finished product. He has plenty of holes in his game, and there were better offensive linemen available, so I really didn't understand this pick in the first round by the Texans. In the second round, the Texans selected Lonnie Johnson, cornerback out of Kentucky. He's six foot two, 213 pounds, and ran a 4.52 40-yard dash. He's a long, tall athlete with exceptional size for the position. He does lack ideal speed for a starting NFL cornerback, though, and he's got an above-average backpedal but way below average ball skills. He doesn't track the ball downfield at a high level at all. I'd say he's a solid tackler who is good in run support. Not great, but good. And he's a fluid athlete with nice lateral quickness. He's also an exceptional kick blocker off the edge when on special teams. But in coverage, he's got poor instincts and a really slow read-and-react player. He had zero interceptions and only eight passes defended the last two years. So he's not a very productive player at all. Coaches question his competitive nature, and this is a huge red flag for me. I just don't get this pick by the Texans. Once again, they did need a corner, But taking a guy who has so many glaring weaknesses in his game is a real head-scratcher for me. I don't think Lonnie Johnson was even a top-20 cornerback in this class, and I don't know what the Texans see in him that the rest of us don't. In the third round, the Houston Texans took Max Sharping, offensive tackle out of Northern Illinois. He's 6'6", 327 pounds. He's a power player with NFL ready size and strength. He uses good body positioning to wall off defenders, but he did play in a weak conference. However, he handled first round pick Brian Burns out of Florida State, and I'm very high on Brian Burns, so that was really impressive the way he played against him. But he does need to improve his footwork, it's a bit sloppy, but he does show nice ability to mirror defenders and pass protection. And he's a versatile player with experience at left and right tackle positions. He's got a solid base, a nice wide base with good arm extension. And coaches say he is a highly intelligent player who processes information quickly. Drive blocks with downhill power to really blow open holes for his running backs. And he's a better run than pass blocker and needs to work on his technique. The Texans address their biggest need at the offensive line again in the third with Sharping. He's a big power tackle with plenty to like in his game and I had him as a top 10 tackle. And even though he needs coaching, he's a very solid pick here for the Texans. The Titus Howard pick was a huge reach. I'm not sure why they didn't go in another direction like cornerback. They could have drafted a top tier cornerback, then targeted Howard in the second round. He shows potential, but with so many other good players available, I just didn't understand the logic. The Texans then reached again on Lonnie Johnson, who looks good getting off the bus, but doesn't look good on the field. He has a lot of holes in his game, including speed and competitive fire, which you can't coach up. Max Sharping was a solid choice in the third, addressing a huge need on the offensive line. Getting a top 10 player at his position is a good value, And the only reason I didn't give the Texans an F grade. D- minus instead. Moving on to a team that I thought had a much better draft. The Tennessee Titans. In the first round, they selected Jeffrey Simmons. Defensive end out of Mississippi State. He's 6'4", 301 pounds. This guy is a dominating inside presence versus very good SEC competition. Daniel Jeremiah had him ranked as a top five player in this entire draft. He is coming off of an ACL injury, and I'm sure that's why he didn't go as high as many thought he would have, but he's a balanced player who excels versus the run and the pass. He has an outstanding bull rush, and he overpowers offensive linemen. He also has a nice swim move. He's got quick, forceful hands, and he controls offensive linemen. Big enough, strong enough to play anywhere on the defensive line. He could be a 3-4 defensive end, a nose tackle, or a 4-3 defensive tackle. So he's extremely versatile and could probably fit into just about any NFL scheme. He explodes off the snap with a rare combination of speed and power. He's not the most instinctive player because he doesn't always read the plays correctly. And there is some off-field question marks about him that I would see as a concern but if not for the ACL injury and some character concerns Simmons could have easily been a top 10 pick in this draft. Truly incredible how athletic this guy is and he possesses the rare athleticism for such a large powerful player. His college coaches claim his off field issues are behind him and the ACL injuries aren't as scary as they once were. So this is a tremendous value by the Titans at number 19. In the second round, the Titans took another SEC player in A.J. Brown, wide receiver out of Ole Miss. He's 6 feet tall, 226 pounds, and ran a 4:49 40-yard dash. He's a strong physical wide receiver who can play inside or outside. He's very productive and had 19 career touchdowns with 59 receptions out of the slot in 2018, which was the most in the SEC. This guy makes the tough catches in traffic. He's got excellent footwork and runs nice, clean, sharp routes. He's got good hands and a 36.5-inch vertical, was one of the best among wide receivers at the NFL Combine. He broke 40 tackles in the past two seasons at Ole Miss. He's very elusive and tough to bring down. He was mostly used in the slot in college, so it will be interesting to see how the Titans utilize his skill set. But he's very quick in and out of his breaks. And I'd say he's more quick than fast, and he does drop the occasional easy ball. But I'm a big fan of this draft pick. AJ Brown might be the best route runner in this entire draft. He has a rare combination of being a quick but yet tough and physical player. Coaches rave about his competitiveness and work ethic. He is also a good blocker, which is a very underrated skill for a wide receiver. Easily one of the best wide receivers in this draft, and a great second-round pick by the Titans. In the third round, the Titans selected Nate Davis, a guard out of North Carolina, Charlotte. He's 6'3", 316 pounds, and ran a 5.2340-yard dash. He's a strong and powerful guard with good size. He's got very quick feet, and that allows him to mirror defenders and pass protection. He was a very solid, consistent player game to game, although it was versus very weak competition. He plays with a stout wide base, and he's got an amazing bend and overall flexibility. A tremendous pole blocker who locates and destroys targets on the move. He does have very short arms for an NFL guard, and he shows weakness versus a strong bull rush. He was also suspended four games by the NCAA for undisclosed violations, which is a bit concerning. What I like about Nate Davis's game are his consistent play, versatility as a blocker, and excellent agility and quickness. He has some of the quickest feet in the entire offensive line class and shows outstanding flexibility. He could play in any NFL blocking scheme and excel. He might not be a year one starter, but he has enough upside to definitely become one for the Titans. Landing what most consider a top 10 talent in Jeffrey Simmons at number 19 is a great value pick. If not for an ACL injury, Simmons certainly wouldn't have been available that late in round one. He might not play this year, but if he recovers and returns to the player we saw in college, look out. A.J. Brown has first-round talent. He's a complete wide receiver with very few holes in his game. His route running and toughness are second to none and should provide a nice target for Marcus Mariota. If Nate Davis had longer arms and played at North Carolina and not North Carolina Charlotte, he might have been a late first, early second-round pick. I like his overall ability, and he could be a steal in the third. Nice draft by the Titans, who get an A-minus. So, moving on to the team who i thought had the second best draft in this division the indianapolis colts with their first pick in the second round they took Rocky sin cornerback out of temple he's six feet tall 192 pounds and ran a 451 40-yard dash he's a physical specimen with a strong physique and long arms he has ideal size and length for a starting nfl cornerback and coaches describe him as one of the toughest players. He has quick feet with a smooth backpedal. He's very strong in press man-to-man coverage, and he tracks and times his play on the ball very well, with eight pass breakups last season at Temple. He does lack ideal speed, and you would like to see your cornerback run a 4-4 or better. He was exposed at the Senior Bowl by faster wide receivers, He's not great at getting in and out of his breaks. I'd say he's just average in that department. And he was only a one-year starter in a week conference. Probably what you would consider a below-average athlete for an NFL cornerback. And he does need to improve his techniques. He has too many false steps. But he's an above-average player in run support and is a very instinctive player with aggressive hands. He makes a lot of plays on the ball. Rocky Sin looks every bit the part of an NFL cornerback with ideal size and length. I like his tough, aggressive style of play, and his man-to-man skills should fit with what the Colts want to do on defense. With coaching, he should make big improvements in his game. However, his ceiling is fairly low considering he is a below average athlete for an NFL cornerback and could really struggle with NFL speed. Later in the second round, the Colts selected Ben Banigou, an edge rusher from TCU. He's listed at 6'3", 250 pounds, and ran a 4'6", 240 yard dash. He's freakishly athletic and was really impressive at the combine. He's more of a project prospect than a polished player at this point, but he does show good awareness and finds the football quickly. He has outstanding agility and quickness, and can track even the most elusive quarterbacks he shows a really nice burst off the snap but he does need to improve his play strength he lacks multiple pass rush moves and tends to favor the inside rush so that's something he's going to need to work on he also misses too many tackles and finds himself out of position at times but his quick spin move is difficult to block he was also a very productive player the last two years at tcu with 34 and a half tackles for a loss and 17 sacks. Banigou fits the type of athlete the Colts covet on defense, long and athletic. He is a bit raw on tape, but with more coaching and hitting the weight room, he could become a very good pass rusher down the road for the Colts and a good fit schematically, so I really like this pick. So the Colts had a third second round pick, and they selected Paris Campbell, wide receiver out of Ohio State. He's six feet tall, 205 pounds, and ran a blazing 4.31 40-yard dash. He has elite size, speed, and agility. He's a very explosive athlete with an incredible combination of quickness and top-end speed. His size and toughness makes him difficult to tackle, and he creates a lot of yards after the catch. He's a very capable kick returner, and I love guys who add value on special teams. He's an exceptional jumper who posted an astonishing 40-inch vertical at the Combine. He did have a limited route tree while at Ohio State, and it does create some questions on what role he will excel at in the NFL. He needs improvement on route running, and he has improved his hands but still dropped too many balls while in college. But this guy was a really productive player with 91 catches and 1,000-plus yards last year at Ohio State. Paris Campbell is easily one of the most explosive athletes in this entire draft. However, his role as a slot gadget type wide receiver at Ohio State limited his development as a complete player. He needs to learn how to become a more complete wide receiver, but he could become the rare case of when a player actually gets better at the next level. Overall, I really like what GM Chris Ballard has done in the draft the past two years. I have always believed that teams tend to overvalue first round picks, and there is always a lot of talent available in the second and third rounds. Ballard obviously subscribes to this theory, as he traded back to acquire three second round picks. Rakia Sin fell to the second round because of a slow 40-yard dash time, but he fits the Colts' defensive scheme and is the physical man-to-man cornerback that they were looking for. Banigou is one of the most athletic players at his position in this entire class, and he should make big strides with some more coaching. Paris Campbell is off-the-charts explosive and has a rare combination of size and speed. He will also need to develop as a route runner, but has tremendous upside, and Indy crushes another draft and gets an A grade. So now the team that I thought had the best draft class in the division, the Jacksonville Jaguars. In the first round, they selected Josh Allen, outside linebacker out of Kentucky. He's 6'5", 262 pounds, and ran a 4.63 40 yard dash. This guy is a tremendous pass rusher who explodes off the snap, can get low, and really bend to the edge. He was the National Defensive Player of the Year and the SEC Defensive Player of the Year. He set school records for sacks in a season with 17, nine of which were on third down, and a career sacks with 31 and a half. He is a nightmare for tackles to block. He absolutely dominated top-level competition in the SEC. He pressured quarterbacks on 25 dropbacks on third down in 2018, which was the second most in the SEC, he also pressured quarterbacks on 57 dropbacks in 2018, which was the most in the SEC. He's an elite athlete who is highly productive. He had 12 quarterback hits and 28 hurries. He's a very versatile player who can also cover. He dropped back in coverage over 300 times and can cover the tight end or the running back. He's strong versus the run as well. He doesn't always cover his contain assignment and he needs to develop more pass rush moves. But Josh Allen is the third best player in this entire draft, behind only Nick Bosa and Devin White. He is an elite defensive player with virtually no holes in his game. Josh Allen's combination of size, speed, explosiveness, and versatility make him a nearly can't-miss prospect. And this was an outstanding pick by the Jaguars. In the second round, Jacksonville selected Jawan Taylor, 6'5", 312 pounds, tackle out of Florida. He is an absolute mauler in the run game who uses low pad level and power to drive defenders off the ball. He's the best run-blocking tackle in this entire class and has continued to show improvement in pass protection, allowing only 10 pressures last season. Most analysts projected him as a top 10 to 15 pick So getting him in the second round is an absolute steal. He has incredible strength, quick feet, and good hands. He plays angry with a nasty demeanor that I love when I watch him play. He has ideal NFL size and strength, and he impressed at the combine. He gets to the second level and just punishes linebackers. He did have too many false starts in college, and that's something he needs to work on. But he do, and he doesn't always take the best angles. He needs to continue his weight management as well. But Taylor is easily one of the top three tackles in this entire draft. He is the ideal right tackle prospect with all the tools to excel at the next level. He's better in the run game, but his pass protection has made big improvements while at Florida. Most notably, he handled Florida State first-round pick Brian Burns, In the third round, Jacksonville selected Josh Oliver, tight end out of San Jose State. He's 6'5", 249 pounds, and ran a 4'63 40 yard dash. He has excellent body control, balance, and speed with good ball skills. He has ideal NFL size and speed. He makes all the tough catches in traffic. He was a very productive player with 98 career receptions a 1,000-plus yards and seven touchdowns. He posted strong numbers at the Combine, and he makes plays at all three levels. Although most projected him as a fifth- to sixth-round pick, so in the third it might be a reach to some because he's not a strong blocker, and he will need big improvement in that area to handle NFL defenders. He's slow out of his stance, and he does lack an explosive first step, and he played against weak competition at San Jose State but he's got a good catch radius and he high points the ball with strong hands. When I watch Oliver play, I see a guy with an NFL tight end build and speed. He was the primary target for San Jose State and was often double covered and had safety's roll coverage to his side, but he still put up great numbers and made plenty of tough catches. His ceiling might be a tight end too because of his inability to block, but he should offer the Jaguars a big target from day one. Jacksonville somehow landed the third best player in this draft at number seven, and they must be ecstatic. Josh Allen is everything you could want in a defender ideal size, speed, and production to match. He was dominant in the SEC and got better every year while at Kentucky. He should make an immediate impact and could become the defensive rookie of the year. Many analysts had Jawan Taylor as a top 10 to 15 pick and he too fell into the Jags' lap in the second round. Easily the best run blocker in this draft and is an underrated pass blocker who continued to get better while at Florida. Some thought the Jags reached on the selection of Josh Oliver, but after watching his tape, I came away impressed by his size, speed, and receiving skill set. This was an excellent draft by the Jaguars who instantly got better, and I give them an A+. plus. So there you guys have it. That's going to be it for today's episode. Hope you enjoyed the podcast and tune in next time as I continue the 2019 NFL Draft Breakdown Part 6. Thanks for listening and I'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to the Pint Glass Football Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on Twitter at PGF Podcast.